When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, very busy weekend. It's a Monday. That means good, bad, and ugly. There have been good conversations there. Also, letting folks know what uh, we can let you know but what about what's coming, and we will continue to do do so as uh, much as we can. We also know that at 10 o'clock it'll be Light the Tower with Craig and Jeff and one of their two final shows. I believe uh, this will actually be the last show for Jeff Howe today because I know he'll be over tomorrow covering the uh, Steve Sarkeesian press conference for his uh, real du- his other duties at uh, Horns 24-7. So Jeff will have his final show today. And I know Cameron Parker had his final show on Thursday because he had already booked a vacation and he's going to go uh, travel. And so Cameron is uh, um, you know, not going to be back with us. And he, you know, you're talking about Jeff Howe is an absolute workhorse. That guy's unbelievable with the time he puts in. Uh, you know, he lives in San Marcos and he travels up here every day. But, you know, he doesn't have to do this job. He does it because he loves radio, and he got an opportunity to work with Craig. And you know, I'm sure he gets some some you know ex- growth of of 24/7, a horns 24/7. But at the same time, having having talked to Jeff when this all began, he he did it because he you know grew up listening to sports radio and the ticket in Dallas, and uh, really wanted the opportunity and showed up every day and uh, did an unbelievable job. Uh, obviously, you know we can't say much more about Craig Way. I mean, he, he's he's going to be you know still calling Longhorn games. Over at uh, iHeartMedia, uh, that's where you'll hear the Longhorns moving forward. I don't, I, you know, I won't pretend to know I, where they're going to air those games. That's their choice as far as signals in which, you know, football games, basketball games, baseball games, softball games uh, will air. That's I'm not I'm not privy to that conversation, but uh, Craig will certainly still be the voice bringing you, uh, you know, the big moments of Longhorn sports, and you know, we'll all be listening to Craig do the big moments well, do, of Longhorn do, sports. Yeah, but I tell you what, I'm 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 going to feel robbed of Craig just talking you know i mean you you know as well as anybody the guy really is kind of like having google you know i mean he, he I texted knows craig twice over the weekend once we have to go to a wedding and uh coming up in a place called uh, celeste texas i was like craig where the hell is celeste and is there a hotel near there or a town that's got anything and he's you gave me the whole whole rundown. No, no, you probably want to stay here. Yeah, uh, and I was like, all right, perfect, perfect. Yeah, uh, Bill Shoning <laughs> just had a Facebook posting a couple of weeks ago talking about how he got lost or yeah. something, and you know, called Craig Way. But but just beyond that, I mean, his you know, music, films, everything. Oh. He's just he's One of delightful the most, most and interesting really people you'll com- ever be. Around. No kidding, a compendium of knowledge, and I'd like to be Ooh. able to keep Man. hearing him talk. Did you say compendium? Yeah, you've been that's... rattling off a few big words today. Dang, that's like where is that? Ask Siri what the heck's contendium means. Compendium? Compendium. That's nice. Uh, Couldn't even tell you. Written like you bunch, said like a writer. Bunch of. Bunch of? Thank bunch you. of. I'd have gone bunch of. Yeah. Well, I'd have gone bunch of. I probably could use a little more bunch of. A little like, less compendium. I like, I like bunch of. I don't mm. even know of. Just of. Yeah. Don't bring a compendium. That's a bunch of, that's a bunch of you know what, what. What was the one you just said? Can you imagine S- the S- difference? Compendium? 
<laughs> that's a bunch of you know what. That's yeah. a compendium of you know what. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we appreciate Monty being here. Somebody texted and said, uh, can I say this out loud? Because somebody said, can't believe it, that the station's letting everybody go, but Monty's still there. Monty is uh, here voluntarily. Voluntary. <laughs> Always have been. Monty, Monty is a volunteer. No, I mean, and let me tell you, to be truthful, and I've always said this, I've made no joke about this. To me, this is like an ongoing fantasy camp. I've always loved radio. I didn't stay in it for the very reasons that Horn listeners know about now. It's a brutal industry that can turn its back on you Later that day, you can have the greatest job in the world, and it's gone the next day. And you so noticed I, that early when you were in radio. I got out of it when I learned that it was not the place where you could keep. There's nothing worse than, well, I mean, obviously marriage and family things, but there, I think there's nothing worse than having a wonderful job that you lose through no fault of your own. It really hurts. It stings for a long time. And in radio, it's typically public. But as far as just coming in and getting to do it, it's so much fun. Not only that, the line, I'm sure, is out the door of people who would gladly volunteer to come in and, and, and do this for a morning. And I kind of jealously card. I, I like to say yes to doing it and keep doing it because it's so much fun. Well, since we are still going to have a morning show, uh, well, you know, we will keep the hand, number handy because that's that's the other news of this is you we, we unfortunately have to not be co-workers any longer with some great people, including Jeff and, and, and Craig. And I know I know today Chad will be doing the show in the midday with... Uh, no, with it's it's just me and Jacob Sander and Rodney Rodriguez today. Okay. Chad Oh, t- and Zay are gone till tomorrow. Okay, till tomorrow. You know, once now that I'm involved in this thing with cars, and I was never really interested in, in cars. To me, when the hood's up, it means I'm financial disaster and I could get hurt. But I'm, I'm learning more about cars. I love uh, Rodney Rodriguez's show. I mean, it's oh, really interesting. Well, I was really at, interesting. You know, we were airing his show, uh, Revved Up ATX, as a podcast. And uh, our, our marketing director, Christina Killingsworth, said, man, you need to listen to that show. It's really good. And it is good. And I said, Rodney, why don't we put that show on part of our Saturday lineup because it's it's a really good content. And I know there are a lot of racing fans out there that uh, are jonesing for that kind of stuff. And look, that's, you know, Saturday I know was a difficult day for those Saturday lineup guys because it was their last show. And look, I, I all I can say to that is, obviously, as someone who is still going to be here, uh, I'm happy for that. You know, I've got, you know, it, it's... It, Came with some vetting and some conversations, hard conversations with people about is it the right choice. But I'm excited to do a show with Rod Babers, and I'm excited to keep working with Ty. And you know, I know our afternoon programming is going to be solid too that we're going to develop. And then, and again, as I said, you'll hear more about that this afternoon. But um, you know, I can speak to because I've spoken to Rod many times about this of what we want to do, and I think we're going to do a really good show. And I think that's you know, for five hours every day, we're going to devote our you know what we do to to do to entertain folks and and you know provide information that people want about Longhorn football and the Cowboys and our opinions, your opinions, and that show rolls on. But obviously my big picture hope is that we stabilize this thing, you know, behind the scenes and get things under control with that. And hopefully we can bring some shows back and start to grow back. Um, but, you know, that's that's the hope because, yeah. you know, I, it's what we started with because I was here when this thing has been different phases from 2008 through 2009 and then it became the horn and, you know, we've just built and built, and now here it is. There's been faced with some some consequences and some crossroads that they've got to deal with in real time, and that's you know as we've said, they're selling two radio signals for that reason. Uh, for well, let's be fair, that's cash. And I'll also say, you know, when you're a local business, I mean, small business owners out there know. 
the, the, you know, depending on what your business, there's been some tough times and COVID wasn't easy. And, you know, I know we went all the way through COVID and really didn't let go of anyone. Uh, but same time, those things catch up to you. And, you know, as a, as a, as a radio station, we, you know, the, the, you know, the Coke Fest event from Coke FN, our friends down the hall. I mean, that, that has been an annual source of revenue for this company that was a, at times a windfall. I mean, it would be, you know, to put on that event and have, you know, 12, 15,000 people on Friday and Saturday nights and uh, the revenue that comes with that, that was big. And quite honestly, this year's Coke Fest event got canceled, not because, you know, of our, the financial thing, but because the people weren't, it wasn't selling as well. Uh, and it wasn't because of a bad lineup. It was a great lineup. Uh, but in the end, for whatever reason, there were more festivals in that area. There's, there's more competition. Uh, market is where it's at. And that, that was a, a pending reality that all of a sudden we're not going to have that, you know, jolt of income from Coke Fest and uh, how we're going to make that make that bridge that gap. And that's what's led to what we're talking about, selling signals, you know, staff reductions, all those things. And at the same time, as someone who is, you know, caught up in that, it's uh, it's it's going to be an ongoing challenge. Well, you know, I, I think I, I think I've been coming on with you since 2009. But when you initially described what you thought what the vision was for the horn, it's turned out to be exactly that. The only thing I don't remember you saying that we're going to do is uh, is get get UT sports. But the, but your vision of because back then you weren't doing a full day of local either. You were you were you were doing some local. You were doing a mix of local and and network feeds. And and what you said you hoped the horn would be. It became with a with a big local footprint, especially with high school football, having the Longhorns, having a full day of local programming, having great teams all along the way. Yin and each each group of of, of hosts or got you've got yin and yang, two different guys, a lot of great crosstalk. It's become what you always said it was gonna become, and the ratings were never better. I mean, you got more listeners all the time. So that's that's what makes I think reason. the audience sometimes tries to associate there must be something wrong with the on-air product for you guys to be going well, out of business, and I mean, it's not the case. That uh, that will always be debated. And look, Chad Hastings took control of the programming uh, for me a couple of years ago and did an unbelievable job of continuing to grow the product. And I took more of a sales role and was trying to create some revenue, which which we achieved, but obviously not enough. I'll but, tell you, I liken Chad to a, a, a studio musician. I've never seen a more flexible guy than Chad on the air. That's really talented to be able to come in and play, you know, any kind of instrument for with any kind of band. He oh, is he remarkable. He had to deal with me on Friday. I mean, it was a really see, fun like show. I mean, think of that. What what a thing. Yeah. To to no, deal he's, with. Uh, I, I, Chad was uh, when I when I first left uh, Clear Channel back in the late you know late, late part of the what was that two thousand and seven into eight. Um, Chad was I, one of the first people I brought over because Chad had been laid off before I left, and I, you know, Bucky and I were both unhappy with the management at the time, and that's part of why we were looking to go somewhere else back at that time, uh, management. And so we had an opportunity, and then as we said last week, that Bucky got the opportunity to stay and work with Bob Cole and do the country thing for a while, which, you know, right. But then I had to help staff up the new place, and Chad was one of the very first phone calls I made. 
because I knew just how talented he was and what a hard worker he was. Like I'll tell you this: for Chad, no one shows up with a lunch pail like Chad every day. And oh it's, man, uh, and and manages to find chemistry with everybody who's yeah. ever been his co-host. I mean, you talk about putting putting Bucky together with Bob Cole. You can't just say I'm going to take two well-known guys and there'll be chemistry because these guys are both really well-known and really good at what they do. That's not always the case. Well, Chemistry's a a fleeting. It's an well, ephemeral thing, and it's hard to find. But once once you find it, you know it's there, and it's really what the listener wants. That I want to hear two guys or two, whoever you know. I want to hear a conversation where they they they're not you know talking past each other or fighting or anything like that. You guys had that all day long. Well, thank you for that, and that's uh, credit to Chad uh, and a little bit myself bringing people in. But the teams were, you know, we lost some good people along the way too. Brad Kellner went off to Houston, and Kevin Dunn. And we just kept the good the, the good programming going, and that's uh, yeah, that's always something. Was great. That's always a, a a badge of pride for a lot of people around here. And those Saturday shows, I thought, brought a lot of value uh, to people on a Saturday morning. And hopefully, again, we can start to rebuild. But I also know this: as we talk about these talented people, they're going to land, and they'll be on the radio. Those those people are too talented, and there are other stations in this market uh, that are looking for talented people. So. You know, that was a decision I had to weigh. Well, I wish there would be a way that y'all could get back together at some point, that you could get the band back together. Well, you know, I'll say this, and I said it to Bucky last week when he was here. I mean, it... When, when he went to work with Bob Cole, I didn't know if he, we'd ever work together again, and we ended up getting back together and working for eight years uh, and did some of our best shows and our best times. So uh, who knows? Who knows? I just know that uh, since I've – there's more – there's a third station in this market now, and I know – that's come on for sports, and that's a great thing. That the, the more stations you have, the more opportunity there is. And I know there's a there's a an audience for it in this market. I know there there are, you know, advertisers and, and media partners that will, you know, want to advertise with it. And that's that's where I know it's not, uh, you know, it's it's again it's just it, above me as far as these decisions. Same time, I know those 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 guys are unbelievable people, and they're going to land on their feet and do a great job. It's it, you know plus there's cognitive dissonance over mourning something and being a cheerleader or truly optimistic and positive about kind of the the result of that mourning. You know it's it's a it's a it's a you're really threading a needle to say I I I'm brokenhearted for what's happening and I'm excited for what's next. So I you know I mean I, the the burden is on no question, but uh, but it sounds like you guys are going to put something out there that, that listeners will be able to access easily, and they already know what you and Rod are going to bring and tie in the morning. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and we're looking forward to the next phase, but at the same time, uh, we'll let them folks, those guys are going to go do great things as well. All right, so uh, the top sports stories of the day, the Texas Rangers getting active, going all in uh, for their what quest for what they hope is a uh, – is a World Series run. I will say this for the Rangers. The, the Rangers have now put Nathan Ivaldi on the DL, the IL, the injured list, with a strained forearm. That is the most we've heard. That's never a good sign. That's never a good piece of information. Strained forearm is some of the two worst words you can hear with a starting pitcher. So let's hope that, that that's not the case because I know my immediate thought last yesterday after acquiring Max Scherzer and then turning around and, and acquiring, giving up three more prospects to get Jordan Montgomery uh, and left-handed reliever Chris Stratton from the St. Louis Cardinals that man, maybe there's more to fear. And let's hope that's just a rest thing and a rehab and that because Nathan Eovaldi, because you, you've now brought in added arms to help you weather uh, if Nathan Eovaldi has to be shut down for a month or so and you still could get him back for a September-October run. 
But obviously, that would be best-case scenario at this point now that he's got uh, hit to the IL. Uh, he's been your best pitcher, most reliable pitcher all year long with the Texas Rangers. But, but uh, Max Scherzer is now a, a Ranger. They get the deal done with the New York Mets. Uh, infielder Luis Angel Acuna uh, was a top prospect for, for the Rangers, one of their best. But he is, And, yes, he is the younger brother of Ronald Acuna, uh, the great player, great young player with the Atlanta Braves. But, as we said, he was a middle infielder, and that the Rangers are pretty good at second base and shortstop right now and for the foreseeable future. So that was a prospect you could afford to give up. Uh, Rangers also moved three more to get the done, deal done with the Cardinals. Now we'll keep an eye on the Nathan Ivaldi thing. Uh, Astros did send Corey Lee, their AAA catcher, to uh, Chicago to bring in a familiar face. Kendall Graveman is the new pitcher for the uh, – out of the Astros bullpen, that'll be help. He was there with the Astros before signing. You know, he came in as in a trade from Houston a few years ago from Seattle and pitched so well, he worked his way into a big three-year contract with the White Sox. And now the Astros are bringing him back uh, in the middle of that deal. He's got this year and next year, so the Astros are happy to have him for, for you know this season and then again next year in their bullpen. Uh, so that move went down. And you wonder what happens between now and 5 o'clock tomorrow because that's going to be the next big, big storyline in baseball uh, and, you know, who are the next big fish? Does Justin Verlander get traded? A lot of people believe on the heels of Max Scherzer's deal and David Robertson, their closer, that it's highly likely that if the right deal comes, Justin Verlander will be moved uh, in the middle of that deal he just signed last offseason. Uh, Houston would like to be in the mix, but they're going to have competition for a guy like Verlander with his experience and as good as he's pitching right now. Baltimore, the Dodgers, I would say even the uh, the Atlanta Braves, like they need more. Uh, would would get into that conversation to uh, to make a run with JV. Also, Blake Snell from San Diego is a name to watch today and tomorrow. Their their closer in San Diego, Josh Hader, is a name to watch uh, here over the next. What is that now? Um, you know, 50, 30 hours until five o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Uh, 30, 33 hours is, is where we'll get. Uh, that is the deadline, and that is the final deadline. There is no waiver trade month in the month of August, so uh, keep an eye on that. Also, uh, we'll get back into the NFL conversation, the Cowboys conversation. Uh, somebody said, e, you are misrepresenting the Coke Fest thing. Eric Rain said it had nothing to do with ticket sales. He said himself, cost of bands, porta potties, vendors. Well, look, all that's true. Ticket sales, you know, ticket sales were not as robust as they had been in the past. I know that. Um, same time, yes, the bands are more expensive than they had been. The cost of doing business with inflation was, was more than it had been. Uh, there's no question about that. I'm not gaslighting anyone. Is what, what's I don't know how I'm gaslighting things. I think uh, that it's almost like he misunderstood. He said Coke Fest had nothing to do with ticket sales. You were talking about ticket sales of Coke Fest, right? Yes. That sentence that sentence doesn't even make sense. No, I know it's fine. I'm not sure how gaslighting is. We're talking about no. the things as much as I no, can. No, I mean I, you know, uh, like I say, you are you are put in a very difficult position of not being able to control how this came out. This came out from somebody else tweeting. You guys didn't want it out because then you have to respond with only what you know or or are legally, you know able right. to no, say and you can't and you're about. not gonna and that's what we're talking about this morning and thank you for that is just what we you know as we can tell you we're telling you and i can tell you that as of next monday i'll be doing a show for five hours with rod uh tyler will there uh, ty will be producing it and uh you know if rod ever takes a vacation i'll call monty and see if monty wants to come <laughs> and hang out with me uh but again the rest of it is uh you know control your controllables that's what i control but i'm also trying to be you know, honest with folks, and I'm not gaslighting anything. I, I Coke Fest sales of tickets were not as good, but yes, porta potties are more expensive. Fencing is more expensive. Putting on a big festival is more expensive today than it was two years ago, or even last year. 
We everybody you, you go to the grocery store, you guys go buy things. It's more expensive than it was. So yes, all of that adds up to you know by brass tax. This company, local company, was spending more than they were making, and so I mean that's that's a recipe. And and as all I was saying is, in past years there had been times where it was close, but the the, the Coke Fest windfall or some you know would be a the money made would help you know fill some gaps. And uh, you know that's not going to happen this year. That that event was canceled. And so that's another blow. And now we're selling radio signals and those things are happening. I'm just explaining that to you in real time as I can. Same time, the horn as an entity will exist. It will just not be on 104.9 FM. It'll be everywhere else you normally could hear it on our horn app, on the uh, hornfm.com, on 1260, on 1019. All of those things are still true. Somebody asked about the, the podcast. Yes, the pod, we will still podcast every show, every day, uh, every hour, just like we do now. Only thing that is changing as of this week will be the uh, the 104.9 FM signal no longer being for us. We are selling that. So uh, if you have it on 104.9 as your number one preset, we appreciate all the years of doing that. Uh, that will now be something else, uh, new format as of uh, as soon as they flip it. So, you know, it's the last day of the month. We hope that uh, it's all good to go for one more day on, on the, the, the 1st of August. And then by Wednesday, that thing is likely no longer ours. And so... That's the message this morning. There will be programming on the horn. Uh, it will be found at those places, and that's one thing I can tell you. It'll be Rod, Rod Babers and me uh, every morning from 6 to 11. So, And somebody asked, is there anything happening to Coke Fest? No, Coke, well, Coke is having some staff reductions behind the scenes, uh, as far as I know. But at the same time, you know, Bob Cole, Eric Raines, uh, everything they do down there is still going to be cranking with country music. They're, they had to deal with it also. And think about that for the company, and it's not to – you know that they've they've helped put themselves in this situation, and um, but they had to cancel Coke Fest. They're, they're having to sell signals and staff reductions. There's been a lot going on. There's been a lot going on. So that's where we're at. I will say personally, uh, whatever. And you're welcome to have any opinion you have of me or whatever we're talking about right now. If I will be here at 6 a.m. next Monday to do a show uh, and talk Longhorn football as we count down the days to the season I will be here to talk Cowboys and the NFL and count down the days and baseball all the way through and I'm excited that Rod Babers will be here uh, and, and I'm excited that Rod Babers excited to be here because again both of us had decisions to make of how this as this came down excited that Ty will be producing our show and uh, beyond that you know that's my focus right now the control those controllables I, I you know hope down the road, we can start to bring back some shows or go back more local in certain spots. But again, that's that's just a conversation. But this will be the only local sports show there is in the morning. In the morning. In the morning. In the morning. In this market, there won't be any other, and you can listen to it. Yes. Yes. Download uh, the app. This says who will do the five to seven slot here. Listen, tune in today to Rod and the uh, the, the show there. I'm sure you'll hear more about that coming up, which is uh, which is a, you know you'll hear more. I don't want to speak for that. That's them. The, I can tell you, and, and Rod would be okay with me talking about this because Rod and I have met and talked about it many times. Uh, we're excited to uh, pair up. We've, we've never done a sh- we've done Rod and I have done pregame shows together down at you know Bevo Boulevard and uh, getting ready for Texas football games for years now. And they're you know Rod's is, is knowledgeable. I um, mean, he brings the the knowledge of a of a star high school athlete, a star college athlete, an NFL player, and then obviously the the extensive oh, research the work he does. Ethic. The work ethic. I mean, it's it's. I'm going to have a good time with it. And as I said on Friday with Bucky, I mean that was a really really hard week and a really really hard show to do. Um, but you know, you're you're a member of the Screenwriters Guild, Monty. You've had shows canceled that you poured your guts into, and 
Um, it's Not just, really. you know, I mean, <laughs> well, look, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I, I, it's a radio station, as you say, Monty, as someone who listens to it every day and it's a conversation. These are like part of your family and it's all changing. I get it. But I also am not unaware that people in every industry and every walk of life, you know, get laid off and lose jobs all the time. I am happy that I, I was able to, to find a way to stay here. Same time, I know that decision is going to, this is still a company that's not in a great place. Um, we're taking a leap of faith on that too. So, uh, it's a, you know, so it's one of those hard conversations to have, but we're, we're not the only ones dealing with it. There have been a lot of people in the last, you know, forever, but certainly this year that have had to find new opportunities and, um, I that's not lost on me either. But uh, it's fun to uh, have the opportunity to still be here and talking to you. So we'll take a quick timeout, come back, talk some sports, get into this Jerry Jones stance on Zach Martin. It is certainly, uh, I, I'll say it surprised me when I heard what Jerry Jones said, but it does make a lot of sense, actually, because I thought Zach Martin would get what he wanted in his holdout. He apparently will not. We'll get you details coming next. <laughs> Said, hey, was he, he was Bucky at the Astros game Friday night. I swore I saw him behind home plate. I do not believe Bucky took in the Astros game. I am scheduled to go to an Astros game in a couple of weeks on the 12th of August, which is a Saturday. They're playing the Angels. I'm hoping things fall where I, get, I might get to see Shohei Otani pitch. I will certainly get to see him hit in person. But you know what? That day we've been we've been angling towards this, but it's uh it's Billy Doran Day. Billy Doran Day wow. for the Houston Astros. I believe he's either going in their Hall of Fame or getting his number or something. Uh, and as a kid who grew up in Houston, Billy Doran was always my favorite player. Um, you know, I, some some of my buddies loved Jose Cruz or Enos Cabell or Terry Poole or uh, the, the, you know Nolan Ryan, of course. I mean, I've got a son named Nolan. Uh, was my but for for me, a kid who grew up playing baseball. It was Billy Doran, man, playing second base number nineteen. He was my favorite player. So. Uh, we're gonna make it down to see Billy Doran. Day. Was he was he the one who got his jaw busted? No, that was Dickie Thon. Yeah, okay, that was Dickie Thon. Uh, and Dickie Thon was a, a, gonna be a star shortstop for the Astros, and he got hit in the face. No, he got hit right in the orbital bone. Took a fastball to the eye and was never the same. Um, you know, he just had blurred vision. The vision never came back, and he had like permanent damage. And you know, if you can't see to hit a baseball, you Ugh. can't play baseball. And that was a terrible story. But you know, his yeah, his keystone mate was Billy Doran, and he was just. I remember being so mad as a kid that I would watch every game or listen to every game, one of the two, and Ryan Sandberg, who's a good player. Well, I'm not saying for you Cubs fans out there that Ryan Sandberg wasn't a good player, but I know you hate the Cubs, Monty. So I was going to say, I was never a Ryan Sandberg fan. But it was back when uh, you know only like one dude made the All-Star game. And so Ryan Sandberg would always get the vote, and he would be the starting second baseman in the All-Star game. And it would just make – it would irritate me so much. I'm like, come on, Billy Doran – I'd always compare their stats, and I try to point out this is where my sports radio thing began. I'd analytically say, "Look, he's got better numbers. He's you know better defensive player. He just doesn't get the love. He's not on a super station like you, Sandberg." So yeah, Billy Dorn, man, he was a heck of a ball player. Astros eighty-two to ninety. He played for the Reds a little bit, his hometown team for a little while. Also played for the Brewers, but uh, went to Miami. Yeah, in, o- in Ohio, Miami of Ohio. Miami, yeah. He's from Cincinnati, and. Uh, Good player, just a great second baseman, and and I loved playing the infield. So he was always the guy. I, and you know, you know who that who that became as as I got a little older, 
was then obviously Bagwell Biggio showed up for the Astros, but it was Ken Caminiti. Ken Caminiti came on the scene and was playing third base when I was, and this this dude was unbelievable. That was the best. You talked about you got to see Brooks Robinson. We talk about the Orioles resurgence, and you remember the days and and you know when the Orioles were, were the Yankees' number one nemesis and had those great teams. Uh, they also had Orioles had some good teams through the '90s with Mike Mussina and and those guys, those pitching staffs. Uh, but the Orioles are back and exciting. Brooks Robinson, you got to see. I got to see Ken Caminiti, and he. He's easily one of the best defensive third basemen I've ever seen. Uh, and then, of course, he could hit home runs, but he got caught up in drugs and died way too soon. Yeah. He was in that steroid thing, too. I uh, I think Terry Poole was, the you know, when I moved, of course, I, like I say, I moved down here from St. Louis. And so when the, you know, and the Astros are in the National League, too. So I didn't really, you know, I mean, the Cardinals were my team. But uh, I I did like Terry Poole, and I began to really like the Astros. And then they they had such a great, uh, you know, 84, 85, 86. They were in those playoffs with the Mets and yeah. the Phillies and just great, great baseball. And But I always liked Terry Poole. Me too. Well, Terry Poole is still very close friends with Nolan Ryan. They, they, they keep in touch. He's been coaching college baseball for a little while now. And TP, yeah. I mean, they, they had a lot of fun players that were, you know, but Billy Dorn was always my favorite. And so, great, yeah. great pitching. Yeah, well, they were, yeah. There was a year where Nolan Ryan had led the NL in the led the National League in ERA, strikeouts, opposing batting average, and went eleven and fourteen as a record. He couldn't get any runs. Think about that: more strikeouts, lowest ERA, lowest batting average against, and went eleven and fourteen. Um, <laughs> lost three more games than he won. Yep. This says Ryan Sandberg is a Hall of Fame second baseman. Yes, he is. I know that. Oh, yeah. I know that. I'm yeah. telling you that when I was a, I was never a pubescent fan. kid, angry, I'm not, I'm, it was nothing. I just said Ryan Sandberg was a hell of a ball player. <laughs> Look at this. Any team can have a bad century. <laughs> Who, the Orioles? The, the Cubs. I think I'm, he's talking about the Cubs. What was it like 120 he? years? Yeah. Before they won one? Oh, the yeah. Cubs, yeah. Well, I was not a Ryan Sandberg. But, you know, I, I had a strong Good sports day. radio yeah. argument. He's got a superstation, and his games are all over the country, so he wins the MV, the vote. You know, maybe maybe Billy Dorn could have been. You can be honest with me. You don't like the Cubs any more than I do. I don't have a problem with the Cubs. Oh, okay. I did have a problem with Ryan Sandberg. I have a problem with the Cardinals. Ooh, well, that Ranger fans all have a problem what, with the Cardinals. In what way? I'm a Rangers fan. Oh, okay. not sure why you, you should be mad at Nelson Cruz. No, just kidding. I'm mad at David Freeze. <laughs> David Freeze, Nelson Cruz, um, Natali Feliz. Natali Feliz. I, this is, I went to uh, high school with Brady Anderson, center fielder for the Orioles in the 90s. Yeah, Orioles are back, and they're really good. And they're going to be in a mix for this trade deadline conversation. Because you got to think, when I watch the Orioles play, I'm thinking, man, they, they're the team that needs Justin Verlander. I mean, the Astros would love to get JV back. But if there, there's a team out there that is really talented and really fun to watch but needs a veteran presence in their locker room who could – I mean, kind of like he did with the Astros when he walked into that, you know, dugout and helped them, you know, elevated everything just with his experience. He's going straight to the Hall of Fame, won his 250th game yesterday. And I always say this about the Orioles, but the Orioles' general manager was Jeffrey Luna. Jeff Luna was the Astros' architect that, you know, ended up losing his job in the sign-stealing scandal. But his, you know, chief of chief guy, right-hand man, was a guy named Mark, Mark Elias, and he is now the general manager of the Baltimore Orioles, and he was hired by the Orioles to kind of put in the exact same blueprint, not the trash cans and all that other stuff, but how you <laughs> develop a farm system and you know you know build an organization. And obviously, it's worked because the Orioles right now look a lot like the Orioles Astros did in those early stages. A lot of young talent and kind of coming together. Justin Verlander would be exactly 
what they need at the top of that rotation. They've already got really good pitching. But if you're going to go up against the Astros and the Rangers and the Rays, and you, know, you need that guy that's been there, done that, and that's certainly Jeff, uh, and, and Justin Verlander. Verlander's, you know, like like Schwarzer. Uh, just you're late in your career. You want those games to really be meaningful. And I think if uh, – I think if Verlander get, I'd love to see him come back to the Astros. But but being in the heat of a race again, I just think those older pitchers thrive on that. They really crave that because you've only got so many games left. You want them to mean something. Yeah. I'd love to see Verlander back on the Astros. He oh, sucks in the man. playoffs. Ah, <laughs> that's true. He wasn't good. He did get, he did get that elusive playoff that World Series win last year. He didn't pitch great, but he still got the win. Uh, he won a game in the World Series, and the Astros won the World Series. So. Um, exactly. But yes, we'll see. Uh, all right. So there's uh, some baseball. We've got the Rangers you know, making moves and I'm concerned about Nathan Evaldi. Uh, I hope that second trade doesn't mean that Evaldi is worse than, than maybe they've, they've let on. Uh, so we will follow that story as it emerges. Also, here's the Jerry Jones thing. And, and before we wrap up, we'll, we'll say one more thing about uh, where we're headed and what's coming. But, uh, I, I thought this was, when I saw this quote, I was like, whoa, because, you know, I guess in my mind, when Zach Martin a week ahead of camp, you know, pretty much announced by letting Adam Schefter know that he was unhappy and wasn't planning on showing up to camp, that they'd get this thing done. That Zach Martin would get what he needs and they'd get him to camp because he's important. Well, Jerry Jones was asked this weekend about Zach Martin not showing up for camp and now in a stalemate. And bluntly, Jerry Jones responded, you know, when asked, what can you do? He said, nothing. Zach will come to camp when he comes to camp. There is no resolution. There are a lot of consequences if he doesn't. He's been at the top of the money all the way through, drafted high, got lots of money, then got a lot more money over the years. It's hard to get all that. Uh, the bottom get It's just hard to get it all. The bottom line is nothing needs to happen. So he was pressed further. Okay, well, he's he says he's woefully underpaid. He's you know not making what the top guards are. And Jerry basically saying, look, he's been – uh, paid right there with the top guards his entire career. But, yes, here at the back end of his contract um, and his career, he's not. He's slid a little bit because other guys have signed new deals. But that's his deal. So how about this? And then it was asked to, to further elaborate, and he said, uh, here's what he said when asked about the precedent. He said, would this set a precedent that would be bad in your locker room? He said, it's not about precedent. It's about the facts. He said, we need the money to pay Parsons which would be Micah Parsons. We need the, mo- the money to pay the players that we got to pay in the future. It's a fact. It's not a philosophy. It's just a fact. Those dollars are there, and we have at this level, if you, did it, if you redid all the contracts, then you could never put a roster together. So, as I thought at the beginning, well, he's one of your senior leaders. He's one of your veteran players who you, know, you got to take care of him. Jerry's saying the opposite. He's saying, if I take care of him, every one of our older players is going to come to me and say, I need a new deal because I'm underpaid. Jerry is saying, no, no, our next big contracts are going over here. You've gotten those big contracts in the past, Zach, and we appreciate your work. But we've got to sign Micah. we got to sign C.D. Lamb. We just signed Trayvon Diggs. Um, you know, you wonder if they'd like to get in on the Tony Pollard deal this offseason, but I doubt it. I think they're going to let Tony walk after his, his franchise tag year. But, you know, th- there's a reason they let Dalton Schultz walk. There's a reason they let some of their guys go. A, they invested in their defense. They brought back... Leighton Vander Esch and Donovan Wilson and acquired Stephon Gilmore to further bolster Dan Quinn's defense. And Jerry also knows they got to sign Micah. 
to, to the biggest defensive yeah. contract ever given. Yeah. And they've got to sign C.D. Lamb. And if C.D. Lamb, think about Look at the market for receivers these days and what receivers are making. Look at the Tyreek Hill deal. Look at the, uh, the Devontae Adams deal from last offseason. And, you know, sp- spin that forward that C.D. Lamb goes out and has a really good year this year. Well, well now you're going to have to pay Micah Parsons the largest defensive contract that there's ever been. And to keep C.D. Lamb, you're going to have to pay the going rate for what receivers are making, and that's a big number. It's not what running backs make. It's more than that now. So, you know, and you just paid Trevon Diggs. So, you know, I understand what he's saying, and it, it's, it's, it's factually true to Zach Martin that, Zach, we can't do that. And even on the O-line, in a few years, you're going to have to have Tyler Smith contract coming up, too. And yeah, that's, he, that's still two seasons away. But, but he's yeah. projecting to be a I – mean, you're going to have a high-dollar player yeah, eventually. For sure. And – I don't. That doesn't sound like a lot of wiggle room there, and I don't know what Zach Martin's response is going to be because he's right. Jerry is right that he's there are consequences if he doesn't show up. I mean, he's going to be fined, and you know he'll lose game checks if he doesn't play. Uh, but you wonder how hard line the Cowboys will take this. Right now, it's not a huge deal because it's July thirty first. It will become a big deal the closer we get to kick kick off of the first game. I think that also you you talk about Micah Parsons being you know the person that we need. Uh, the, signing up all the defensive players around him is, you know, only increases his value. At some point, if you don't sign a lot of good support for a guy like Micah Parsons, who I thought in their playoff loss was still the best athlete on the field, he just was a monster in that playoff game last year. But I, but but you've got to have people around him that'll free him up. Just we talked about offensive players having weapons and you hear the word weapons now he's got a lot of weapons well there are weapons on the defense too and and one way you can free up Micah Parsons to be anywhere and play positionless football is to make sure there's talent around him that can you know that can hold their own yeah well and the Cowboys do have that right now and let's remember like when Stephon Gilmore came in you know he's he's his, he's at near the end of his contract, so you make the deal for him. He's still making pretty good money, but that's going to go off your books pretty quick. Um, you know, there's some guys that you know the Leighton Vander Esch deal was a shorter deal, the Donovan Wilson, you know, shorter contracts. But look, the, the Cowboys have made no secret they want to build this thing around their defense, and and they have the dudes over there to have a great defense this and year. And the coach, uh, and and a coach, Dan Quinn, that's yeah. going to orchestrate it. And, you know, the fact that they went out and used, you know, two of their first three picks on defensive players, right? They took Mozzie Smith to help shore up their run game. They took DeMarvion Overshone with pick 90 to give Dan Quinn another piece uh, to use to, to build. And, you know, Mike McCarthy's been open that, you know, I like Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore liked to score a lot of points and wanted to be balanced and whatnot. But at the end of the day, we want to have an offense that, you know, plays to our strengths. And our strength right now is our defense. Our strength right now is limiting turnovers controlling field position it's it's old school and I, I understand that the you know you could argue that the cowboys are zagging when everyone else is zigging because it's becoming more and more of a passing league it's becoming more and more of a quarterback driven league but i think the cowboys have realized okay we signed dak prescott we know there's a ceiling to dak prescott and we kind of know what that is we can't ask number four to carry our football team he's not aaron Rodgers, right he's not patrick mahomes he's he's not joe burrow but if you give him the right scenario, the right circumstances with a running game and play action and weapons, enough weapons, he can be a really, really good quarterback. And with a really, really good defense and special teams, we have a chance. And I think that's their argument. And I, I don't think that's wrong. 
because we, we debated forever, is Dak elite? Is Dak worth the money? Look, they paid him. It doesn't matter anymore. And so now you have to build an offense that suits him because the minute you start asking him to you know, be in the shotgun every down and try to beat you with his arm and, and you know, shred teams, he can do that occasionally. But against the best defenses, he's not going to be able to do that. He's just not. And those are the teams you have to beat to get to the Super Bowl. So, okay, build an offense that's more Dak-friendly, more weapons, more run game, more play action, and go ahead and, and live with your defense. And hopefully Dak significantly cuts the turnovers and cuts the, uh, the interceptions, and that can protect your defense to win your football games. Lower scoring, yes, than they had been, uh, but all that matters is getting past San Francisco and Philadelphia and those teams when you get to January. Has Zach Martin uh, himself talked a lot, or is that his agent? You know, I'm wondering what provoked Jerry Jones to be so. Uh, yeah, that that just doesn't seem like a typical Jerry Jones quote to me. Yeah, normally he's on the side of the player. No, but no, in this said, or like uh, you know he deserves it, and we're well, trying to work it out. Well, I mean, because Jerry just knows some... the books. He knows how much they paid Zach Martin over his Hall of Fame career, and that's what you do. And I think I'm assuming Jerry is saying. I don't think I'm assuming he's saying it. You know, we got to save the money for our young players, just like we invested in you as a young player uh, when you were on your way to the Hall of Fame. But now you're 32. You're making $15 million or $14 million this year. But you've already gotten all those big signing bonuses. You've got that money. Yes, to the market, you're $14 million this year, and you're, the, the top guards are making 20 But, you know, we've always kept you at the top, and we gave you big signing bonuses. And not like you haven't been well compensated for your time, so you're just going to have to play as for this year as an underpaid guard. I mean, you haven't done that your whole career, but you know, guess what? You're going to have to do it this year, and that's the contract you signed, and we're not doing a new one. So that's essentially what Jaron is saying. We'll come back. Uh, we will uh, wrap things up, get you ready for Light the Tower with Craig. I know Jeff uh, will be uh, in the house, I believe, Jeff Howe, for one more show because he won't be here on Tuesday covering the Steve Sarkeesian News Conference. We'll preview that as well coming up on our way to Light the Tower. Don't say that on the text line. Jeff says forearm strain usually means 60-day IL. Sincerely, Shane Beaver. All right, well, I'm hoping the best for Nathan Ivaldi because that would be a, on the heels of Jacob deGrom, that's a significant problem because, uh, you know, 60-day DL means probably some type of operation, which that's not good, especially with Jacob deGrom's already down with Tommy John. Nathan Ivaldi's had some arm problems in the past, and he was not – They, you know, I've said all season – before this little hiccup here that, and I hope it's a little hiccup that, you know, Nathan Nivaldi's the best or one of the, certainly the best signings of the offseason to this point for what they got him for and uh, what he has provided to that team at the top of the rotation. Uh, let's hope. And that was my initial thought after the Max Scherzer trade went down on Saturday when they pulled the deal for Jordan Montgomery, thinking, oh boy, uh, they must. But I'm hoping that as a Ranger, not a Ranger fan, but just a baseball fan, that that's that's a three-week to a month injury, and he can be back, and that's why they made the move. But don't know. What do you think there, Ty? What's your level of optimism? Uh, I mean, I'm not too optimistic because you mentioned his injury passed. He's a little bit older. Um, but I, I think they're just going to take your time with him. you you got some options now. You, you don't have to lean on uh, some AAA guys like we have been in the past. So I, I like the moves. Getting some relief pitching is huge for me. That's that's almost as big as the Max Scherzer acquisition because we've lost so many games in innings seven through well, nine. Well, the problem is if Evaldi's not there, 
even Max Scherzer and Jordan, that, that doesn't put you in the World Series, in no. my opinion. Uh, you needed Evaldi to be a part of that, uh, that three, three-headed three monster. And, boy, cross your fingers. But it usually is not good when you the see The Jonah Heim injury, strength. too. He, he could possibly be out for the year. Yeah, see, that's reigns of pores. And the thing about Evaldi on top of DeGrom is they're both very expensive, and they won't be playing for you. Those were big-ticket items last offseason. And you knew, and we said at the beginning, uh, if healthy, the Rangers are as good, are really a good team. And they've shown that all year, even without DeGrom, because Dane Dunning and others have stepped up. But it's a long season. It's a long season, so let's cross our fingers there. If you're an Astro fan, uh, you finally feel like you got a little healthy. You, you made the move for for, Kel, uh, for for Graveman, Kendall Graveman, which I think is a good one to reacquire him, to bring him in from Chicago to help you know your help your weary bullpen a little bit and give Dusty Baker another quality arm down there. Also, you know the return of Jordan Alvarez, the return of Jose Altuve uh, to that lineup. What did I see this weekend? When they played their game on Saturday night, when they scored 17 runs against the Rays, those two had played a grand total of 15 games together all year because of injury, and we're way past the 100-game mark. So finally have those two back in. Remember, Jose Altuve got hurt in the World Baseball Classic month. He got hit on the hand with a pitch and missed the first two months. Then as he was coming back, Jordan went out with a uh, strain of his oblique, and uh, he's just now getting back. And then Kyle, but Kyle Tucker's played like an all-star and an MVP this, you know, in their in their their absence. Alex Bregman is starting to hit. The other thing that's happened for the Astros is a couple of uh, emerging players have really stepped up. Chaz McCormick has been awesome for them in the outfield, and then uh, Yiner Diaz. Yiner Diaz. The Astros got Yiner Diaz in a trade from the Indians. Uh, I don't know the exact date on it, but they acquired uh, their their reliever. Uh, gosh. Name is escaping me right this second. But they acquired the reliever who's been so good for them, uh, the middle reliever, and they acquired Yiner Diaz, who was kind of one of those young prospect players that they got in that deal with Cleveland. Well, he's turned into their a really good catcher, and he's one of their best in, in clutch hitters. Like, he's got double the uh, extra base hits as Jose Abreu does at first base, and they got him. That move allowed them to trade uh, their their AAA catcher, Corey Lee, in this deal to get uh, Kendall Graveman, because they, they, they feel pretty good about Yiner Diaz moving forward at the catcher position. So a uh, lot to go with. Let's hope the best for the Rangers and their their, their injuries. But, uh, you know, that's that's going to be the big story until 5 o'clock tomorrow is what other moves are make and what the Astros and Rangers – because I don't think the Rangers may be done. If they got these injuries, they'll, they're going to be looking to shore this thing up. I don't know what the magic number is. Why I don't know why every major league staff doesn't go to six starters. And just – I, I wonder enough. – They don't have enough. Because that's already that's already gone, Monty, to the to the to the starter that they do, where they bring a reliever in to pitch the first inning or the first two innings to get through that lineup, and then uh, then they go to the to the scheduled starter who can try to get you four or five innings, and then you get to there's the back. literally not enough good pitching to to do that because I think that'd really have an impact on injuries for pitchers, How especially something like forearm strain. I think that's innings pitched, isn't it? Well, it's, it's kids. It's, Kids today, players today, players today, players today. It's like in the NBA, like they do more load management than we've ever seen. You grew up with basketball where it was basketball, yet there are more injuries now than anymore then. Yeah, I don't understand well, it. They're they're falling from higher heights. Yeah, Miles Straw, Miles Straw was the player the Astros traded the uh, speedy outfielder to the uh, to the Cleveland Guardians that year to pick up uh, Phil Maton, their really good reliever, and Yiner Diaz. A pretty good trade they made there, James Click. Gets credit for that. Monty, thanks so much. Mm. Can you join me again tomorrow? Yeah, sure. One more time? Sure. Until the changes come? Sure. Uh, If you missed all the changes that we've been talking about, we'll reset them tomorrow from 6 to 10. 
Monty will be here. Ty will be here. You will be here. Uh, and we'll have more updates as we can. Also more on the baseball trade deadline. And Longhorns going to camp. Steve Sarkeesian's training camp news conference is tomorrow at 1030. Uh, so we'll be talking about that and previewing the Longhorns' first practice of 30 or so, 30 days all the way to countdown and, and kickoff. Ty, thanks so much. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com. Have a nice Monday.